1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. Got him! Well, that's a good way to do it. Very close. Out! Good shot. Pulled away. Four runs. Bang! Hits that one away. That's six. Welcome to another Saturday evening here on 5AA for your... Saturday Cricket Fix locally here in South Australia. It's the only place to go and we are very excited for uh, what is a a big hour to come because there is a lot happening here in Adelaide. If you haven't been keeping your ears or your eyes on the Test Match in Adelaide, well, we'll keep you up to date because some extraordinary things have happened, Bonds, as I welcome you to the show this afternoon. G'day, Sam, and g'day, listeners. It has been a day that we will remember for a long time Mm. and everyone that went to the cricket today will remember this day when... India were bowled out for 36. It's an extraordinary feat. There's records left, right and centre that we're going to run through in a minute as to how much of a demolition job this was by the Australian fast bowlers today. Bowled out for 36 is just something you don't expect when you go to a game of cricket. It felt, I was there earlier this afternoon. It felt like watching a video game. It, wickets fell every couple of minutes. And it was almost. it got, almost got to a point where you went... Geez, are we going to get the next wicket? Hurry up and get the next wicket. Like, when's the next one coming? You just, yeah. you couldn't stop. There was there was no stopping it. It was like uh, an under-12 scoreboard, really. Mm. No, one, no one getting into double figures. The whole Indian batting lineup, not one player got into double figures. It's the only the second time in history, in Test cricket history, that all 11 batsmen have not made double figures. That's remarkable. The only other time it happened was 1924. <laughs> so it's just an extraordinary event. It's it is it is it is extraordinary, and we're not talking about an uncovered pitch here or yeah. something ridiculous. The ball was, you know, was doing everything. It was just some outstanding bowling from Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood, and the Indians just fell apart. It was it was something else. Um, and as you said, it was great seam bowling. They've knocked over, and it wasn't like they've knocked over a, a team who isn't, you know, one of the top teams in the world. They're a bit of a struggler or whatever. This is India, the powerhouse cricketing nation, the team with all the money, all the the, the board that runs the joint, and they've got King Kohli, Christopher Pavjara, who you can't get out, and Rahane and a few others who are really good. We've got rid of them all cheaply, and they had a lead going into day yes. three. They were the favourites. They they were well and truly the favourites going in at the start of the day before a ball had been bowled. It it, it, it blows your mind. Yeah. So yeah. Australia currently are none for 68 after 16 overs. They're powering along. Matthew Wade and Joe Burns both on 33 at the crease, faced about 50 balls each, and uh, they're on track to chase down that target of 90 very comfortably. They're only 20 runs to go, so... It's going to be over by the time we finish the show oh, here, Sam. Within it's, half an hour. That's right. And the way they're going, it looks like they're going to get no, no wicket down, which mm. is great for both Matthew Wade and, <laughs> and Joe Burns. Obviously, lots been written about them and spoken about them during the week. How good was the bowling of Cummins and Hazelwood? Yeah, it was first class, wasn't it? There's a reason they're the best, part of the best bowling cartel in the world. I suppose we doubt that sometimes, don't we? Or we take it for granted or we criticise it for little Maybe, things, maybe take it for granted a yeah. little bit. But Pat Cummins, the number one ranked test bowler in the world, um, he was outstanding. Mm. He he just gives nothing. Yeah, He gives nothing away. They showed a graphic uh, today where they put the little box on the pitch. Oh, yeah. And he's just constantly hitting that 
good line, good line, ball just nipping a little bit. Either way, it, it is exceptional fast bowling from, from them. Let me put it to you in this question. We were criticising probably last week resting players for T20s in one day as when you're representing Australia, you should be playing all of them. But resting is not an option. Are we happy that we rested Paddy Cummins for a portion of that series now? Because that's how he's come back. It's looking a pretty good decision yeah. at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> that's how, but that's the time he had to take away mm. and just practice with a pink ball and, and bowl as much as he wanted in, in a test mode for a week or so in advance, and he could just prepare for the test. Yeah, and he's taken his 150th wicket mm. in just his 32nd test, which is up there with the likes of Clary Grimmett, Grimmett, Grimmett. Clary Grimmett sorry, and uh, Dennis Lilly. That sort of he he is he will go down as one of Australia's greats. There's yeah. no question, hundred yeah. percent. He's on track, isn't he? So taking a look at uh, oh, the score, Australia have just lost their first wicket. Matthew Wade seems to be caught there in the slip uh, cordon. Run out, I think it or was run out. in the end. I think uh, some good bit of fielding in close, and Matthew Wade sort of slipped as he uh, took off for a single, went oh. to go back. I think you'll see it here down the track. Oh, oh, it's come off the shin of <laughs> oh, pretty so handy good. work. It's a good piece of wicketkeeping. <laughs> um, yeah, come off the shin of Shaw and through to the keeper, and Matthew Wade was uh, out, run out. And the most amazing part was Saha threw that through his legs and hit the stump. So that's pretty amazing. A small blemish in the run chase there for Australia, chasing down ninety after India bowled out for thirty six. So let's run through some of the numbers. This was their lowest total in Test history for India. Remarkable. That's that's a feat in itself. It's now the seventh all-time lowest test total. Seventh lowest all-time bonds. The lowest ever is 26. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to take some beating, but 36 is... I think three teams have been bowled out for 36 in, in test history, so really it's like a tied fourth or fifth. It's the lowest innings total by any country in this century. So it's been a long time since we've seen a low score like this. It's It was amazing. It still is amazing. We sit here now... Looking, thinking, you know, it, what did we just watch? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was like that. Like Josh Hazelwood, five for eight. <laughs> That's serious. What happens in primary school? Yeah. Five for eight. We were talking about Trent Copeland about a month ago. Similar figures in the Shield. And we thought, geez, you know, he's just a premier bowler playing against some guys who are a little out of touch or something. This is the best team in the world, India. Mm-hmm. And we're and we've got Hazelwood doing that. I mean, it's just incredible. And and we should be so lucky to think that we're in a time we can witness players doing this. And and Hazelwood even got ripped um, from having the new ball last night. Cummins got it, and he ended up taking a pole last night too. Like we'd have so many options. Yes, and uh, Josh Hazelwood uh, also took his two hundredth wicket, so he joined the two hundred club. It, it, they are an exceptional bowling unit, mm. and we've been saying that for a while. Uh, and when you got guys like James Pattinson who can't get a run, Michael Neeser who's yeah. long beautifully can't get a run, there are guys in the wings just waiting to step up there as well. You know, not to mention the likes of of uh, Jackson Bird mm. and Chad Sayers and these guys that uh, just can't get into that team because they are the premium premium bowlers in the world. It's interesting little side story as well that came with this test match uh, as we sort of track back a little bit toward the start of the game. Joe Burns was selected for the first test, which was hugely debated going into it as to why you would pick him. He just had an average, I think, of uh, around six 
in the last seven digs of his uh, at first class level, which was uh, just it seemed crazy. But they went with it. He was out for single figures in the eight. first innings. Yes, and eight. now he's currently out there, not out thirty three in a uh, a bit of junk time really for Australia. But nonetheless, was it was it the right call to still go with him? And before you answer, will David Warner replace him on Boxing Day? I wouldn't have picked. Joe Burns, even though I'm a big fan, as I've said before in this show, I would have picked Harris because mm. his record in Australia is very good. And he was the highest run scorer against India last time they toured here. Mm. So I would have picked Harris. Having said that, they stuck to their guns. They wanted to show some loyalty to Joe Burns. They did that. Uh, he's done the job in the second innings for them. Mm. Um, not sure if Warner is fit. For Boxing Day, he comes He comes straight in. And I think he comes in. They do like the right-left-hander combination, but I think yeah. he comes in for Burns and you leave Wade at the top of the order. The only other option is that Wade goes out. Well, there's not much you can do because Matty... And the worst, the worst part is Matthew Wade would lose his spot really to Cameron Green, if, if anything, because Cameron Green's come into his position and Wade's just filling a hole for Warner while he's away. So... Whether you drop Wade back down to six and Green goes out, I, I could never see that happen. Well, that, well, no, that's the other question. Do you do that? I don't think. I don't think they would. Maybe our callers on eight double two three double o double o should have their two cents. Who goes out if Warner's fit mm. for the next Test Boxing Day Test? Who comes into the side? And there is a fifty dollar Ace Cricket voucher on the line if you ring in now. Yeah, just uh, I'm looking at the comparison right now. Matthew Wade and Joe Burns both hit eight in the first innings. Matthew Wade and Joe Burns in the second innings have both hit in the 30s. So there's not much really to go by in that regard, uh, whether you hold on to them or not. But it's just the balance. How do you go with it? And and does Joe Burns get another crack? I would be, I'd be amazed if he does. But at the moment, that's probably the way they'll go. Who knows? I, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, you know what's they're interesting? Gonna go. I don't know. David Warner said before the series started, he likes bat- batting with Joe Burns. So really, he'd pick to bat with Burns before he'd picked to bat with Wade. Yeah, they actually asked him who he'd prefer mm. to open with, which I don't agree with either. But, no, neither. Uh, yeah. What, the turning point of the test match, I want to just yeah bring this up. The run out of Virat Kohli. They they were cruising India, and Kohli was in 73, 74, mm. um, and then just run out. Just a brain fade by Rahani. Mm. Hits it straight to the fielder. Calls yes, no, sorry. Uh, classic the classic yes no sorry um, it, that changed the whole game yeah yeah it really did do you do you think um, would you blame the entire result on Rahani <laughs> 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 it's a pretty big mistake to make out for 74 was it Coley in that first innings I mean they could have gone on so much further couldn't they because they looked like they were batting well India looked like they were on set for 300 well, that, those two were set, and the best time to face the pink ball at night is when you've got set batters. It's mm. very hard, and we've seen it for the last few years since it's been day-night cricket at mm. Adelaide Oval. If you're a new batter coming in under the lights, it's hard work. Mm. I think they lost it probably with their fielding in the second innings. That was some appalling feeling. They they dropped catch after catch. Labashane was very lucky. If they take their catches... Australia are bowled out for 120, and they have mm. 120 lead. And all of a sudden, Australia have to make 200-plus in the second innings. Completely different game. I think their fielding is where they lost it. Yeah, and and 
Labuschagne's 40 was one of the, the luckiest 40s I've ever seen. As you said before, dropped about four times. And there were so many chances just given to other players too. And the tail wagged, which I think is another important element to this. Australia got their... They got their tail back up again when they had the the bowlers come in and start whacking a few around. They hit three for eighty to end the first innings, mm. and they were seven for one hundred and eleven. And they were they were just about down and out. We thought there's there's no way we're going to compete in this game, but they've turned this around inside two sessions. It's something crazy. It's something out of a, a you know a fairy tale. But they're they're doing it well and right now on the verge of a nine wicket victory if they can close it out from here. Before we go to a break, who is your man of the match? Oh, I, you've got to give it to Paddy Cummins, who took three in the first innings, four in the second, I think. I'm giving it to Tim Payne. Very good captain. 70, 73 not, and seven catches. I like that a lot. It's it's a close call. It, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of I think of it's between those two. But without Tim Payne's 70 mm. not, Australia are not in the game. Eight double two three double O double O. You can have your say on all those things. And before we go to the break, though, because this is a a breaking story as well coming out of uh, the Adelaide Oval, and Channel Seven have just reported it that uh, SA Health has confirmed three people who attended the test at the Oval so far in these three days uh, were close contacts of cases in the New South Wales cluster. Now let's fingers cross that there is nothing too uh, bad about this and that we can hopefully get away with this unscathed. Uh, but the quote from SA Health is that three people who attended the test match at the Adelaide Oval this week have been identified as close contacts to that cluster. All have returned a negative test and will continue their 14-day quarantine in a Medi hotel. However, this highlights the need for every South Australian to follow the COVID-safe practices, particularly when attending large events. And this has been one which Ticketek have done a very good job of spreading the word to all the people going to make sure they're going in a safe manner and all those sorts of things. And if they're from Sydney or close and attached to uh, anyone to do with that cluster, to stay away. Um, but still, there are three attached cases, which are a little bit worrying, but I've got my fingers crossed, Bonds. We'll be right. <laughs> Back after the break. On 1395, Adelaide's 5AA... This is the First Eleven Cricket Show. 17 minutes after six. Welcome back to the First Eleven Cricket Show here on 5AA. Sam Tuggle joining you with Paul Bonza. Australia are one for 82. They are just eight runs away from victory against India, which is just a, a remarkable result. And as I say that, Manus Labuschagne has just skied a ball and been caught at mid-on. So two for 82 is now the score. Australia just falling at a couple of the late stumbling blocks there, Bonds. But... Should be an easy victory coming up very shortly. We couldn't see a massive collapse the likes oh, of India, could we? Don't say it. Don't, <laughs> don't say it. I don't it. think we can, though. No. no, Joe Burns at the currently at the crease on 40, which is uh, brilliant for him, though. We were just talking before. Who should get dropped for the second test in Melbourne? Does Joe Burns get the flick? Does Matthew Wade get the flick? Does Cameron Green get the flick? Does Travis Head get the flick? He didn't perform either in that first innings. He sort of uh, missed a trick, got out for seven, caught and bowled, didn't look great. Oh, it was a horrible shot to get out, and he he, he hated it as soon as he hit it. Um, it would be it would be very unfair mm. on any of those guys to get dropped, with the exception of maybe Burns, because he had nothing leading up mm. to this. So he was lucky to get his spot. Yeah, I, I would, I don't know. 
I'm thinking I'm not committing to anything until uh, <laughs> next week's show, maybe. Okay, we'll just hold your fire, keep your powder dry. Um, you can give us a call, 8223 There's a $50 uh, Ace Cricket voucher up for grabs if you'd like to do that. there's a That's a really nice Christmas gift heading into a Christmas next week. Uh, some breaking news, though, shortly, uh, Bonds, which I might just quickly do. The Sixers and the Strikers game was meant to be tomorrow morning. Uh, of course, usually with these test matches now, the day-nighters, they're going to try and fit the morning games in before the first session in the afternoon. Which is a great the, idea. I love the idea. I watched the game this morning. They did. Yeah. They had a game this morning, the Renegades and yeah. uh, the Hurricanes. But uh, because this game's just about to finish, they thought, well, tomorrow there's no need for it to be in the morning. Let's have it at night time. So they've actually rescheduled the Strikers game from 11.10 local time to 7.15 local time. So that's 6.45 our time tomorrow night. So a bit of Sunday night entertainment for you, Bonds. That'd be great. So before we move on to the big bash and we'll go through the results and, mm. and the Strikers had their first win, uh, talk about India being bowled out for 36. It's not actually the lowest score at the Adelaide Oval, Sam. Did you know that? Uh, no. No, there's quite a few more lower scores. Gold Coast Suns, 20 points. <laughs> Western Bulldogs, 26 <laughs> points. The Bombers, 29. Frio, 34. Oh, North it. Melbourne, th- six. So there's a lot lower scores at the Adelaide Oval. That's some of your best work, Bonds. Yeah, well. That's some of your best work. Well done. Let's talk about the big bash. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, firstly, the Strikers had a win during the week. They beat the Hurricanes. They bowled them out for 146 on the back of what can only be described as one of the best individual bowling performances in the Big Bash since mm-hmm. it started, Peter Siddle, the man with oh. shocking hair and shocking sunglasses, <laughs> five for 16 off 3.3 overs. He was incredible. If you can Sam? take five for 16, I'll let you wear and, and do whatever you want with your hair and your sunnies. That is some performance. You know what? To be a little bit, little bit critical here, I think he was a little lucky with some of those wickets. Some were down the leg side, some were a little little soft, but he uh, he got the wickets in a T20 game where everything's always a, a little bit blasé and players aren't always as, as safe as they could be. So a, a wonderful five-wicket haul for him. I don't know if he's taken one before, but he, he's like a fine wine, isn't he, Peter? So it just keeps getting better with age. Outstanding work from Sids, and we love him here since he turned blue into the strikers' uniform. McDermott made 46 for them, Ben McDermott. Um, Colin Ingram, the trader, made 46. (laughs) (laughs) The bulldozer. And the strikers, great news for the strikers. Mm. They got the runs five down. They lost a couple of wickets in the last last little bit. So they were cruising. Mm. Jake Weatherall, 68 not out. Outstanding work from Weathers. And Alex Carey, 55. I really enjoyed watching uh, those two bat together again. I almost think they should just open the batting anyway together. Alex Carey at four. I don't quite get it. Uh, I'd like Renshaw to be down there maybe. Phil Salt could be actually a really good number three. I don't know. But I'm just thinking Carey and Weatherald are the best opening duo that we had in our 10-year time. Why don't we just stick with it while they're there? It's a good call. Why don't we just do that? Because they, they batted so well together. A great partnership yet again. 68 and 55 together. Weatherald's four fours and four sixes. It just took me back to that time where he was fearless in the BBL. Do you remember that? There was a few seasons where he Two just... Two seasons ago. Yeah, he just mm. turned fearless and he would score at will. And it took me back to that. And I thought, here's this guy who's got his confidence back again. And I, I look forward to hopefully another big, big bash season with him doing that once again. But uh, a one-on-one start to the season. Yeah, it's just great to see him come back from uh, having a little break and some mental health issues 
to come back, enjoy his cricket and, and make some runs. This is uh, Jake Weatherall speaking early today on the start of the season. He's very quiet. Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed, uh, mixed emotions, really. Obviously playing pretty badly in the first game, but then playing quite well in the second game. Hit us little bowl really well in the second game and sort of led the way for us and let us chase down 150, which is always a, a good total to chase down in T20 cricket. Takes the pressure uh, right off you. So um, if we can do the same thing, um, the next game will go well. So, of course, as we mentioned before, the Sydney Sixers play against them tomorrow. They're back in Hobart again. They're almost done their stint in Tasmania, but... How do you think we'll go against the Sixers? That's uh, one of the third top teams in the comp. It's going to be a good contest. I think the Strikers are just gaining some momentum. During that game, just before we get on to yeah. that, uh, the, the Hurricanes and Strikers game, as Australia have just brought up victory in the first test. Wonderful. A so, win by eight wickets. A win by eight wickets. So Burns finished not out, and uh, Steve Smith was there with him. Um the X Factor was used for the first time. Oh, yes. In that game. So, Cam Valenti was the uh, X Factor for the Strikers, and they subbed Danny Briggs. Danny Briggs bowled one over and got smashed. <laughs> Poor Danny. He's had, a, he's had a hard start to his BPL How career, but uh, I'm sure he'll come good. But uh, the X Factor used. Yeah. How would you feel being Briggs? You're an overseas player. You've, you've travelled half the way around the world to play for some little Big Bash team and all of a sudden you're getting subbed out halfway hey, through because you got smacked. Hey, hey some little yeah, Big Bash God. team, excuse he, me. He might go, where's Adelaide in Australia? Where's that? One of but the he's premier. Come he's come here. We're a great team. We've got great depth and that's why we've brought in Cam Valente halfway through. We said, look, one over's not good enough from you, mate. We pay you the big bucks. We need to put Cam Valente in to teach you a lesson to get better. No, that's a bit harsh. But I think that I, I don't mind the rule. This is why I came in because if someone's not going well, yeah, I don't. I don't. It didn't make well. Cam Valente played no part in the game because he didn't bat, <laughs> so it, it you know really didn't make a difference uh, either sub on on either team. But anyway, no, that's it. Look, still, I still don't think that's one of the great yeah. rules. So I still like moving the power plays around. I like that, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's working okay, but not sure about the, the others. Uh, just looking at the squad for tomorrow, Harry Conway has come in with Liam yes. Scott. Big Harry. You're a big fan of Harry Conway, aren't you? I, if you're not a fan of Harry Conway, you need to watch Harry more often. <laughs> it's that simple. He's entertaining. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, having a look at this, uh, Ryan Gibson is out of the squad who played a small part in the last game. Um, but uh, they've put a 14-player squad into that game. Uh, yeah, Conway has been cleared of concussion, which was his main issue uh, heading into uh, this week. Um, he sustained that during the Australia Day Australia A tour match against India last weekend. So he's cleared of that, which is great news. So uh, we'll see uh, him hopefully in action. But just looking back at the Australian score before we go to the break, we've got Peter George coming up very shortly. A very interesting story with him in terms of uh, some new technology he's building for the no ball. We'll uh, tease that there. But Australia's final score, 2 for 93. Joe Burns has hit 51 not out. He's finished on 51, and I think he hit a six to finish it all. So that's a, a, a wonderful way for him to sort of leave the first test after a lot of scrutiny and a lot of people uh, not backing him in. Yeah, great, great stuff. Well done to Joe Burns, but more, more than that, well done to Australia. Being in a losing position or a, a, a tough position, I've come back out today and they have gone berserk, cleaned up the Indians for 36, got 
got the runs a couple of wickets down and they moved to the Boxing Day test in Melbourne. Australia lead the Border Gavaska Series 1-0 after the first test. Still three more to go. Whether Sydney will go ahead in Sydney, we don't know. But that's also another question we might raise a little later in the show. Coming up next... Peter George, he's the brains behind My Call No Ball, a new no ball technology, which we're really excited to talk about. So if you want to learn more, just stay tuned for a couple of minutes. We'll be back after the break with you. On 1395 Adelaide's 5AA, this is the First 11 Cricket Show. Up past six here on a Saturday evening on 5AA. Sam Tugwell with Paul Bonzer with you for the First 11 Cricket Show. Great to have you. Australia have just won the very first test against India by eight wickets. Quite remarkable. We're only halfway through day three, but that's how quickly it took. Australia bowled India out for 36 and in their second innings managed to chase that target of 90 down with the loss of two late wickets. So a very good result for the Australians. But we turn our attention now to uh, a really exciting new technology which is being developed by none other than a former Test cricketer and South Australian, Peter George, who is the brains behind My Call, No Ball. Now, I'm so excited to talk about this, Bonds. Uh, we welcome Peter George to the show. Pete, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Sam. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Wonderful to have you on, mate. This is an amazing idea. Can you tell us all about it? Yeah, sure. Well, um, it started a few years ago now when uh, I guess as a a fan noticed the, um, I guess, the real problem of having, you know, the wickets having to stop the celebration of a wicket to check the front foot no ball. Um, And so, yeah, that that was, I guess, you know, the, the real moment that I thought, you know, gee, this needs be you know done something about this so it was a conversation after that with my wife Susie, and I was explaining to her because I've got a mechanical engineering background and uh, was telling her you know look this is how you could do it this is you know the technical side of things and then um, yes yeah, so Susie was like we could do that and proceeded to basically outline from a business point of view how you would go about building something like that I know people you know people have ideas of great ideas all the time so you do need uh someone that knows what they're doing from a business point of view, and that's certainly been Susie for me. So, yeah, fast forward a few years. Um, once I um, retired and finished my cricket career, then uh, we were able to actually raise a bit of capital, and um, we're, we're in, we were into it full-time and, and developing it. So, yeah, that's uh, where we've been in the last few years and, and the gaining progress since then. So let's talk about the development of the product now. For the listeners there, it's a small device that fits on the back of a bowler's shoe, on the back of their front foot, I'm assuming. Um, And then you have sensors in the ground where the no-ball line is. Is that how it works, basically? Yeah, the sensors are just off the side of the pitch uh, at the moment. Um, And, yeah, there's a a device that sits on the back of the bowler's shoe, um, and so they can communicate with each other, know exactly. Uh, location of the foot when it lands, um, and that's whether or not it's the heel is raised or not as well. So it obviously works for all part, like no matter um, the bowling action. Uh, it, it'll solve the, the no ball according to the no ball law, which is uh, not the, the simplest of <laughs> laws. But yes, it, um, yeah, that was that was obviously it's a big part of what. Why it hasn't been done before is because it's you know it's a, a bit of a you know it's not just a simple thing because you can have your heel raised behind the line and not even touching and it not be a no ball so it's something that needs to be accounted for. 
Okay, so Ebola comes in. His foot is just over the line by a couple of millimetres. And how does the umpire then know that it's a no ball? How, how quick is the signal from when the bowler um, basically bowls a no ball yep. to the umpire gets the signal? Yeah, so as soon as the bowler's foot lands, uh, the Michael system does its thing and knows exactly the location of uh, where that back of the foot was. Uh, so obviously if it is over the line, uh, then that signal gets that passed straight to the umpire. So um, once we've got that signal, we can basically do whatever we want with it. So we can you know, make it come up on the big screen or make the stumps flash different colour or um, you know, the simplest is just to you know, have something that the umpire's holding or that's just sitting on their belt that will buzz um, the point is that the umpire doesn't have to watch the foot at all, or doesn't have to turn his attention anywhere other than just the other end of the, the crease, uh, the other end of the pitch where the action's happening. Um, that's where we want his concentration, because we all know, well, it, even intuitively, even if you've uh, never experienced it, uh, standing in that position, but it is an extremely difficult thing to do for those umpires. So to get them to yeah look down and look up at the other end and expect them to know exactly where the ball pitched and know where it's moving and what you know all all the things that umpire has to do it this is just our my way of um yeah i guess uh, letting them concentrate on doing that and giving them half a chance to do that well this is a remarkable uh, piece of piece of idea um that you've come up with peter and and the people around you that have helped you develop this it's quite remarkable how how long did it take you to come up with the, the back of the shoe sort of chip idea? Like, were there lots of different concepts you'd come up with or was that sort of the one that you instantly went, well, that makes most sense. Let's just go gung-ho at that idea. Yeah, so um, I guess it was something that I was mulling over in my head. Like I say, I've got a background in mechanical engineering. So yeah. it was, you know, just, uh, I guess, a, a challenging, um, yeah, interesting challenge that I thought was, was worth thinking about. Um because I guess the complication of the no ball law is why I ended up settling on having the need for a shoe device. Um, so there is potential in what we're looking at a, a few ways that we can go about it that eventually we may be able to um, basically train the system up uh, in various ways uh, to at least get to minimise the size of that, but potentially even um, even remove uh, that device as well. But um, that's probably a bit further down the track, but. Um, yeah, but by having the, the shoe device on there, it also means we can pull out a whole bunch of um, workload data, impact force, uh, and things like that, For especially for fast bowlers, is, is a key thing. And so when I, I guess, realised from a technical point of view how to solve the no ball, and then realising that it needed a device on the shoe would open us to be able to capture a lot of this workload data and produce that live for bowlers, it's, it, it really is when I realised how big a, I guess, how big this was, not just, you know, a nice thing to solve a problem at that top level, but um, one to solve it all the way down to club cricket as well for umpires and players and to improve cricket at all levels, but also um, to be able to provide that kind of workload data. Um, it's something that I was always aware of during my career, how important it is to, to manage workloads. And I think there's, I guess there's a lot of mythology around it and, and sometimes... Uh, people don't quite understand what workload management is kind of all about. They just think it's about, you know, restricting bowlers from not bowling as much as they used to or whatever. But um, I think I'm passionate about, uh, I guess, uncovering that and making that a lot simpler, but also by having, you know, something that's objective and clear um, 
to, to measure and just give that feedback straight to bowlers and um, make it really easy to, to manage them, their workloads because uh, we all know how, how hard it is on your body um, fast bowling can be. So, yeah, it's, it's a big part of the passion for me is, is yeah, both sides, the no ball and the, the workload side of things. So being a fast bowler, the first thing that comes to mind is I don't want to wear anything on my shoe. How <laughs> is it? Yep. Is it like, is there any weight involved with this? Obviously, looking at your website, um, mycallnoball.com, the device is quite small. So I imagine there's mm-hmm. there's no, I guess, uh, no feeling. It doesn't feel like you're carrying anything on your shoe. Bowlers probably Correct. don't notice it. Correct. So yeah, the feedback we've had so far is that bowlers don't even notice it's on there. Um so when I weigh my bowling boot, and to be fair, it's a size 14, so they're not all that big, but um, they're 600 grams, um, and our devices are less than 30 grams, so it's you know it's not a massive percentage. Um, and to put it into context, when you tape your, you know, you get your ankles strapping, um, and that's about probably 80 grams um, at least. So um, yeah, you know it's. But like I say, the, the feedback we've had so far is bowlers don't even notice it's on. So it's been a big part of the design is in all facets of what we're doing with the um, yeah any any of the hardware we're making. It's all about how well it can integrate into the game. And I guess that's the advantage we have given my 14-year um, professional playing experience and an intimate knowledge of uh, the game itself, but also just you know how that high performance. Um, kind of system works and, and all of that as well. So, um, yeah, it's 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 certainly something that um, we're, is always part of our yeah, design. Is, is yeah, um, that making sure yeah. everybody it's it's. As happy as possible with it, Peter. It's it's so interesting. You obviously want to take this and, and solve it at the, at the top level, obviously internationally as, as much as anything else. But you also want to, as you mentioned before, bring it down to the grassroots and stuff as well, and, and fix it there because it can get tough umpiring at that level. How easily can this technology be integrated into a, a grade sort of grass cricket level um, and facility? Yeah, it's a good question, and it, it is, um, I guess, our initial path to market, so to speak, is, is up at the top level, mm. um, just because uh, it, it takes a bit more development just to automate the system, make it completely you know, foolproof, so to speak, to, to get it really simple to use um, at that lower level. At the, at the top level, we can afford to have you know, staff members there just to make sure it's operating well enough and that sort of thing. So... Uh, the short answer is yeah, well, quite easily once once it's developed out to the point where it's, it's just kind of working smoothly, which isn't, you know, it's just a matter of time before that happens. So yeah, no, no real issue. But yeah, it's certainly something I'm passionate about is providing access to that level of technology um, at a reasonable price so that it's it's affordable for everybody. Are you at the point now where you've got the product, you're almost ready to go, but you need? I guess some other companies to come in and back further development, or is it just a matter of Cricket Australia going, yeah, okay, let's try it in the next uh, Shield game? Uh, yeah, that's that's right. So we're just a, a bit before that point where we're in the next Shield game. Um, so, but yeah, because we're a pre-revenue startup company, we the way we're funded now is by raising capital with with um, investors or other companies. At this stage, it's been with with investors. Um, so yeah, we're actually in the process of, of raising capital again at the moment. So um, I guess it's 
you know, it's, it's still at that kind of early stage given that we're not out in market. So it's, it's probably one of those, what they would say, you know, an entrepreneurial type investor would be interested in this type of an opportunity. But it's, it's uh, so, yeah, what we're open to at the moment is, is um, I guess, for people to get in, in contact with us if they're interested in that. But, um, yeah, that is how we're funding our, our development path at the moment. But the, the, the idea is... Um, over the last few years, yeah, we, we've certainly made a lot of progress, and um, we're at that point now where this next round of capital will propel us into our commercialisation over the next year or so. You, it sounds like a, a really good thing to be yeah. involved with and invest in, because it just sounds like a no-brainer. If you haven't had a look, go look at the website, and you'll see more about it. It's mycallnoball.com. Peter, you uh, you realise you could be changing the game of cricket forever, yeah? Yeah, I do. I, I think about that a bit. It's part of my vision, I guess. To, yeah, like I say, when we when we first had the idea, I'm like, wow, this is actually this. Yeah, mm. this would be one of those things in ten years' time. And we're like, do you remember how umpires used to have to watch? The <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you? How would they have to have done that? It's amazing. So, yeah, that is that is my vision, and um, yeah, sounds like you guys are catching a bit. And um, yeah, I guess if any of your listeners or uh, yeah, catching the vision, and yeah, feel free to reach out through the website or find me on LinkedIn as well. But um, yeah, that's it's uh, it's exciting. We certainly want to help you, Peter, because that that is some sort of idea that uh, really, as we just said, could change the way cricket is uh, is umpired. Uh, mate, good luck with the rest of this venture. I'm sure we'll check in with you once this thing uh, blows up and becomes a a global phenomenon. Well done, Peter, and good luck. I look forward to it, yeah. Thanks very much, <laughs> Sam and Paul. Yeah, great speaking to you guys. Well, wonderful to have him on. Peter George, of course, former Test cricketer in South Australian, but the mastermind behind what could be the new technology, My Call No Ball, which could uh, ultimately change how umpires call and judge no balls in cricket. Uh, incredible. It's a lot smarter people in the world than you and I, Sam. Certainly. On 1395, Adelaide's 5AA... This is the First Eleven Cricket Show. 13 minutes to 7 here on 5AA. Sam Tugwell with Paul Bonza this evening. Just a little bit to go before we get to the end of the program. Australia, if you've only just caught up, somehow in the middle of day three have managed to win the first test by eight wickets. If you've missed the cricket today, India were bowled out for 36. That's right, 36. And Australia have chased down that target of 90 Two down, two for 93. Joe Burns, 51 not out. And Steve Smith, one not out at the end of the second innings. Quite a remarkable way to take the lead 1-0 in the series as Virat Kohli leaves our shores. Bonds, grey cricketers also happened today on a Saturday. I think a lot of those grey cricketers will be heading off the ground just now, hopping back in their cars at quarter to seven and going, what have we missed I can give you four of the six results because uh, for some reason, two of the games are not showing on my cricket, on my cricket but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> Thanks, uh, my cricket. Northern Districts played posh prospect. Northern Districts batted first. They made 224 and uh, Singh made 97. Gus Miller, 54. Isaac Bolin, the best with the ball. He got four for 30. And then prospect got the runs pretty easy, easily. Three for 225. Sky, uh, Kyle... Scrimagor, 102. Another one. Another another good score from him. So wow. he's playing some good cricket at the moment, Kyle. Glenelg played West Torrens. Glenelg batted first. They were eight for 206. Chad Sayers, 
our good mate Chad Sayers. Yeah. Did it again with the bat. Oh, Got 50 odd last week, 60 today. Oh, Chatty. Uh, well done, Chatty. Love it. Um, Sean Hunt, three for 31 for the Eagles. And in reply, West Torrens got the runs. Six down, they were six for 208. Paddy Fisher, 112 not out. And Jack Pudney, the best with the ball for Glenelg, two for 39. Kensington played Adelaide. Adelaide batted first. They were all out for 178. Ben Pengelly, 53. Uh, Brown, McKenzie and Elliot Opie all got two wickets apiece for the Browns. And Kenzie's got the runs two down. Henry Hunt, 76 not out. And Josh Doyle, 52 not out. So more runs for Henry Hunt, which all goes well with the Shield coming up after the big bash. Yeah. And Port played East Torrens. And East Torrens, 9 for 241. They batted first. Louis Evans, 82. Michael Cranmer, 55. And Joe Majew Edwin got three for 62 mm-hmm. for Port Adelaide. Um, Port managed 8 for 223. Uh, Zach Warden, 84. Isaac Conway, 53. Joel Sides, 5 for 45. And East Torrens get the win there. The other two games, which we don't have the scores for, unfortunately, are Tea Tree Gully played Southern Districts and Woodville played Uni. And... Uh, yeah, sorry, we don't have the scores. That's for those. right. Give us a call eight double two three double o double o if you were there and can tell us. As uh, of course we wrap up the first test, two for ninety three Australia winning by eight wickets against India again, a record low score for them, seventh all time lowest test total and India's lowest test total in history. Quite something. But what is quite something as well is the fact that this little Sydney cluster which is going on has thrown a little bit of doubt over the possibility of the New Year's test going ahead. It's the third in the series. But the SCG, do they potentially lose, if this gets any worse, their SCG test and it maybe goes to the Gabba or Melbourne? If the borders close, I I can't see how they can play it at the Sydney Cricket Ground. What they might be able to do is swap the tests so that maybe they go from Melbourne to Brisbane and then back to Sydney. Maybe. But there's still cricket to be played after that. Correct. So I, I'm not sure. It's We'll know probably within, within a couple of days in regards to how many more cases there are mm. out of this cluster in the northern beaches in Sydney. And we've seen, uh, yeah, obviously, you said before, Sam, there was three people that attended the Adelaide test that had... Uh, close contact. Well, yeah, close contact with, with people in the northern beaches. Mm. Um Again, they've tested negative so far, so we hope that, that that all goes okay. It's going to be really difficult, and I'm sure people at Cricket Australia are running around saying, okay, what's what's the possibility? Do we stay in Melbourne and play a second test in Melbourne? Yeah. Do we play back-to-back test matches in Melbourne? Well, the MCG have said they're, they're very capable of being able to do back-to-back yeah. tests in, in Melbourne. And, and they've got a seven-day turnaround as well. Remember, India asked for that longer stretch between the end of the Boxing Day test and the start of the next one, the New Year's game. So th- they've asked for seven days. So they've got seven days to prepare another pitch. And, and, and that's that's expecting the Boxing Day test to go five days. It could be an eight-day break. Do they fly back to Adelaide because we only had two and a half days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we get we the got other two off. and a half? We got ripped off. <laughs> we did get ripped off. I was going to go back there tonight, oh, yeah. actually. I'm spewing off. about it. Anyway, that's that's part and parcel with cricket. But it, it does beg the question, will it go? And, and, and it could. And we really hope not because I feel horrible for Sydney. I mean, their Christmas is thrown now into disarray. They don't know what they're going to do, who they can have over, how many they can have over, if they can do even leave the house soon. We we hope they don't go into lockdown. Oh, I know. We hope they don't. And uh, yeah, just people in just 
people do the right thing, we'll be okay. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit scary, this thing. Yeah, um, just onto something a little bit lighter before we get to the end of the program. Bonds, I've noticed during this test series, three reviews per innings. Hmm. I'm not a fan. No, they've brought that in due to no international umpires. So, therefore, there's Australian umpires, uh, Paul Rifle and Bruce Oxenford did this game. And that's why they're just giving the opposition team an extra review, mm-hmm. which means the Australians get an extra review as well. Um, and after the umpiring of Mr. Oxenford, they probably needed him. <laughs> <laughs> there has been... Well, let's talk about the umpiring. In okay. the Big Bash also, yeah. and in this first test, there's been some pretty ordinary decisions. I, I'm going to say, yes, I agree. There have been some ordinary decisions. I'm also going to say, there's been some seriously ordinary DRS reviews as well. Players have been plum LBW and they've gone, oh, well, I'll have a crack at that. I, I don't I, I don't like when it gets late in the innings and you've got to yeah. review. Well, you may as well use it. Well, what for? What you for? know you're exactly. out. <laughs> there's, there's like yeah. no, there was at least um there was at least four or five I saw last night and I was yes. and most of them were just okay, umpires call whatever, move on and it was a bit like what's the what's the point? Like I mean, we already know what the result is, you're just doing it for the sake of it and it's it just really gets under my skin. When you had two reviews and I I understand that the international umpires think there might be a slight bias, so you need to make sure there's a, a safety for that, but I don't like how there's three because now teams will just use them willy nilly. There's no more. Oh, was it? Will it be worth burning one? That that's gone now. It's just oh, there's three. There's heaps. Ah, we'll be right. She'll be fine. Yeah, it's, there is a little bit of that. It's blase. Yeah, um, I don't know what else they can do, but mm. I, yeah, I have been, and I'm sure the umpires are a little bit disappointed with their performance yeah. early in the Australian summer because there's been some stinkers really. Mm. There's been some some bad decisions, and we saw another one this morning in the uh, big bash where a ball clearly pitched outside leg, and the player was given not out, mm. uh, given out LB rather, pitched outside leg. So, yeah, I, I don't know if the umpires have become a bit lazy because of the technology. Are they relying on the technology now? There's mm. no DRS in the BBL. Is that showing up a chink in the armor because? For so long, we're, they're relying on the technology, and now they don't have to. Mm. I'm not sure, or if it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's it. Is, well, there you go. And that's that's always something we can we can debate here from now on. I just want to mention before we go, Bonds as well. Yes, mate. Um, Noor Ahmad, had you heard of him before today? No, or well, only when I read his name out a few weeks ago that he was in the <laughs> squad of the Renegades. Yes, 15 years old, bowled four overs, one for 27 for the Renegades today. He's 15. Bold okay. Bold okay. Debut, it's the youngest BBL player of all time. Yeah. He looks 15. He looks 15 too. What's a 15-year-old playing international, uh, sorry, domestic Big Bash cricket? It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. But congratulations to him. He got her right. Yeah, what, what what were you doing when you were fifteen? Not not playing in the big bash. I was a sp- I was getting signatures at the at the fence line. Uh, schoolies, thinking, weren't you? No, definitely. <laughs> school- Jeez, I'm very early for schoolies. Hey, hey. <laughs> Might be time for us to sign off here on the First Eleven Cricket Show. Once again, another really big show, but uh, obviously highlighted by the fact that the Australians have taken victory at the Adelaide Oval today. Quite surprisingly, 
in the middle of day three by eight wickets. India bowled out for 36. History made in Adelaide. Bonds, I'll see you next Saturday. Merry Christmas to you and the family. Yes, and same to you. We're here on Boxing Day. We certainly are. Geez, another exciting day coming up and uh, selection will be the topic of the week. Good luck to everyone with their family and Christmas. Hope it goes well. We'll see you next Saturday.